In fairy tales, witches always wear silly black hats and black cloaks, and they ride on broomsticks. But this is not a fairy tale. This is about real witches. The most important thing you should know about real witches is this. Listen very carefully. Never forget what is coming next. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about the audacity of rope. (laughs) (laughs) How dare it? (laughs) Tonight we are discussing The Witches, both the 1990 Nicholas Rogue film starring Angelica Houston and the uh, Robert Zemeckis film that was made this year starring Anne Hathaway. Very excited for it. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to compare between these two uh, mostly wonderful films. Mm-hmm. This is by mm-hmm. far the gayest thing we've done so far. It will not be the gayest thing that we do, but it is the gayest <laughs> thing we've done. On the podcast. Hi. This is the gayest thing we've done on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I still mean on the podcast. This is oh, not the yeah, gayest no, thing. Oh, yeah, no, it will not. Yes, going forward, it will not be the gayest thing that we do. But I mean, as... Like- of yet, it is definitely the gayest movie that oh, we've done. Well, absolutely. I mean, we're on episode three, so we have to get true. We have a little to... gay. Right. I mean, you know, we're just, we're going to give it to you in small doses. And then as your tolerance gets built up, built up, it's going to come out more and more. Sean, it's Shocktail Hour. Oh, is it now? It is. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tonight's Shocktail is called The Mouse Maker. The Mouse Maker is a shot of gin. Half an ounce of dry vermouth, half an ounce of creme de violet, and some muddled mint. It is it's absolutely very delicious. Refreshing. Yeah. It's very like I I would recommend this drink for the springtime, even though it's fall right now, but when spring comes. It's very suitable. Like, mm, mouse maker. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? You could be listening to this episode in the spring and it'll just be... Right? I mean, we've been over this. Mm-hmm. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. April Fool's. May Day. So The Witches is about a young boy who loses both of his parents and goes to live with his grandmother, who then takes him on holiday to England, and they, uh, by chance, walk into a convention of witches. Which is, of course, in the universe of the witches. Hate children. There's never really a good reason given for that, like except that they smell bad. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's pretty much it. Like they just they, hate, they them. hate them because they can smell them and they smell like dogs' droppings. Yep. Um, and so they want to basically wipe out all of the children in mm-hmm. the world, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, which they hell they gather by holding a convention of. <laughs> against the cruelty of children <laughs> like as if they are a society against cruelty to children which is hilarious uh so the the plan of the witches in this particular plot is to turn all of the children in the world into mice using a magic potion called formula 86 mm-hmm. uh, delayed action mouse maker i believe is what it's actually called uh and then after the children are all mice, 
the adults in the world will inadvertently kill them all because they th- will think that they just have a rodent infestation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they plan on doing that by opening up candy stores. Candy stores, which they will then lace the candy with this, which is funny because it, it reminds me a little bit of the plot of Halloween 3. Yeah, I mean, it it's is... masks instead of candy, but like the idea it's... of like getting all the children to buy a thing and then that thing will kill the children. Yeah, it's pretty much dead on. Mm-hmm. Dead on. And they're witches in Halloween 3. Yeah, it, it, it is in fact the season of the witch. <laughs> Stop singing real songs! <laughs> you um, don't have licensing. <laughs> I don't. I do not. We will get sued and we don't have any money. So then, of course, the uh, plan backfires on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Because they find this this particular little boy is not going to go down without a fight. Nope. He's going he's gonna to make shit get real. Mm-hmm. Um, because his grandmother taught him all about witches because she was a witch hunter mm-hmm. at some point in her life. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and ended up running into witches and escaping. They actually, I don't believe, ever really... They don't really go into that very much, no. at least not in the movies. I don't like we we should definitely reread the book and see if that's a, yes. a better explanation is given for that. But because mm-hmm. they do explain it in the new movie, but they do not explain it in the original. All you see is that she's missing a pinky finger and Angelica Houston's Grand High Witch character knows her. Right. Right. And that's it. Well, yes, because in the new one. Anne Hathaway's Grand High Witch is actually the witch that took her little friend. Exactly. And I don't think that's the case in the first one. Like, you never see the Grand High Witch and the grandmother interact as a young child. You just know that um, her best friend got taken and was put into a painting. Yeah, she was put into a painting, but the the witch that takes her is not Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah, it's just a random witch. It's just a random witch. Yeah. Right. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, yes, she knows of her. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. She does know her, but the boy, uh, ends up as a mouse, right? Mm-hmm. He is turned into a mouse. He and another little boy at the hotel named Bruno Jenkins, uh, are both turned into mice and they team up with the grandmother, um, to steal a vial of the potion and add it to the witch's soup, which mm-hmm. makes all of them turn into mice, uh, thus saving the children of England from a genocide, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then it is implied at the end of the film that the grandmother uh, and the boys are going to then take the rest of the potion that they steal after the mm-hmm. witches are mice and, and go eliminate all of the witches in the world. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, with the um, essentially address book of witches. Right. Which that they found is, with the money. Right. Very conveniently, the Grand High Witch, which makes sense that the Grand High Witch would have mm-hmm. the names and addresses of all the witches in the, in the world. But, you know. Might not, it probably was a tactical error, right? Yeah, it's uh, not the best, uh, I mean. Like if you, someone got their hands on that, they could potentially right. eliminate all the witches. In the they, world. I mean. Witches. They got their hands on one key that just happens to be locking away that address book. Mm-hmm. And all the money. And all the money. <laughs> so like every resource they need to do this. And the potion. Like, all the resources they need to do this are just, like, <laughs> conveniently in this one room. Right. <laughs> maybe not the best idea. To maybe at least have something guarding it. Mm-hmm. Like, another person. Maybe you have a witch there. Right. Another person or some kind of, I don't know, magic fucking spell. You mean witches can do spells? They can. Huh. It's kind of the whole point. Oh. I missed that. <laughs> missed that? <laughs> missed that movie? Yeah. Like, I just thought this was about a... 
drag show. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, in the end, the witches get theirs, and uh, and then the assistant. Well, yeah, but no, because the endings are different. Oh well, so depends like on we sh- yes. depends on depends on the ending. Depends on which of the m- movies you're watching, mm-hmm. the ending that you'll see. Because the new movie actually is true to the ending of yes. the book. Both the 1990 film and the current one are both adaptations of the 1983 mm-hmm. Raw um, novel, also called *The Witches*. Mm-hmm. So Raw Dahl was and remains for many, the world's number one storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is an author of over 30 books, mm-hmm. um, of course, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the BFG, um, of course, obviously, The Witches, The Fantastic Mr. Fox. I mean, the list goes on and on and mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. Um, classics all. Of course, all classics. Many of which have been made into films. Mm-hmm. All of the which, all of the, all of which I listed have been made into films. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Raul Dahl was born in uh, Landaff, Wales, on 13th of September of 1916. In 1929, he was sent to Repton, um, where a lot of events that occurred there were written into the story Boy. And also, um, he and his fellow pupils at Repton were invited to trial some chocolate bars, um, which helped inspire the story Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, that's fun. Right? Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also, I mean, not only was he a novelist, but he also uh, traveled across the world um, to Canada, to East Africa. Um, he enlisted in the Royal Air Force at 23 years old. He ended up marrying um, American actress Patricia Neal, whom, of which he had five children with. Um, and then... Rob Dahl was married to Patricia Neal? Sure was. And divorced after 30 years. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then was... Uh, and then he later married things. Felicity Crossland. Which um, sounds like a character from in one of his books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's a magical name. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. So also in 1960, he invented... He helped invent the Wade Dahl Till Valve. Um prompted by the need to alleviate the head injuries endured by his son after an accident in New York. Huh. So not only was he a writer, but he was also an inventor. So he then, in 1961, wrote James and the Giant Peach, mm-hmm. um, followed by Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, he also wrote screenplays for James Bond, the James Bond hit, You Only Live Twice, and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which absolutely tracks for Rob Dahl, 100%. <laughs> Um, so you do know that the author of the James Bond novels was the same author of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Ian Fleming wrote both the James Bond novels and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I didn't know that. Yes. That is hilarious. Isn't that weird. amazing? That's so, I, so random. Speaking of James Bond, R.I.P. Sean Connery. I'm oh, so sad. I'm so, so very sad, sad to hear about his, his passing. I mean, he you know, he, he lived a good full long life. I mean, but he passed away still. at 90. Right. So. I mean, we should all be so lucky, but God. Mm-hmm. After writing all of these incredible novels, he unfortunately passed away on November 23rd, 1990, at the age of 74. Um, he was buried at um, the parish church of St. Peter and St. Paul in Great Mizenden. Sure. 
Raw Dahl's novels, all of them, mm-hmm. have this very interesting thematic center. Like, yes, they're whimsical. Yes, they're full of magic. Yes. But what is at the core mm-hmm. of all of them is how incredibly vulnerable it is to be a child. Mm-hmm. And how easy it is for children to fall into mortal danger. Actually, we very well could have talked about the witches during our first episode. We sure could have. Right? About about the, the children's horror of the 1990s. It was made in 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that is a theme that runs through all of his books. Mm-hmm. Is that these, these children, I mean, obviously, like, in Charlie of, and the Chocolate Factory, it has been well documented that, like... Willy Wonka is just like straight up murdering kids left, right, and sideways, and yep. no one seems to care. Um, like this is fine because chocolate, right? <laughs> this is fine because they're because they are slightly bratty children. So right. we're just gonna kill them. Yeah, um, they don't deserve to live. In Matilda, these children at the school are being horribly abused. I mean, they're put they're put into the the chokey. Yeah, like, which is a hole in the wall with spikes. Yes. Right. And, like, dripping water. Like, I don't know if this is actually... I haven't read the book, Matilda, so I don't know how accurate the movie description is in comparison. But the, in the movie, it's pretty horrifying. It is. Like, as an adult looking back on how those children were being treated, you were like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I, we, we're going to need police? you to stop. <laughs> Hello. Police? Can we please go get this? Um, by that same token... In his books, and therefore also in the movie adaptations of his books, of which there are many, mm-hmm. the children are in danger, the children are vulnerable, but the children also triumph, right? So there is this sort of um, dual message of just how dangerous it is to be a child and how vulnerable children are, but also how resilient and strong the children are and how they can be very heroic uh, in their own right. But you did mention... Um, how it ties into the first episode that we talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. About, like, mm-hmm. um, but just to compare the two films, like, in the first not the first movie adaptation, I feel like the kids seem to be in more danger. And maybe, and only, well, maybe not. I don't know. I see, I feel like the... I, I think that the danger wasn't necessarily greater. I think just the way that it was depicted... Yes. ...was yeah. a little bit different. Because either which way, in both films, they were trying to murder children. The witches right. were trying to murder the children. Like, straight up genocide um, of children. But there was more of a whimsical aspect to the new movie that made it a little bit more playful and almost softened that aspect. Where yeah, maybe a little bit. Just a just a little bit mm-hmm. where like, and maybe it was just the fact that the witches overall were scarier looking, or at least Angelica Houston was scarier looking. Angelica Houston was pretty horrifying in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just seemed to be like that aspect seemed to be taken a, just a hair more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, where in the new one, it just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't seem to be as. Immediate. Yes. Like, the danger wasn't as immediate. Right. And you know what? It could have also been the fact that in the original one, um, there is a moment where you experience a witch getting stomped on as a mouse and explodes. Yes. And you're like, oh. I was just going to say that. When the chef, the adult Mm -hmm. chef, 
accidentally samples the soup that has been laced with the formula to take mm -hmm. down the witches, she herself turns into a mouse, and Angelica Houston, thinking that it's a child that mm -hmm. has been turned into a mouse, stomps on her, and it, she just full-on explodes and yeah. into green goo, which yeah. is interesting. <laughs> Not entirely sure whether there was green goo in there. Um, I mean, you know, because that's what witches, that's what happens to witches, and apparently children is your should expect I don't think be. that that woman was a witch, though. I think she was just a cook that lived, that worked at the hotel. She was a witch because uh, she was trying to warn them that the soup was tainted with the potion. That was her whole thing. She was running into the, the room to warn the witches that it was tainted and to not eat the oh, soup. Oh, okay. And Angelica okay. Houston not listening because... Why would you? Why would you listen to a mouse? Mm -hmm. um, just instead just sees it and stops on it. Mm -hmm. um, on her, I guess, really. But. No, well, I think you're right that the, the witches were certainly presented visually as much more hideous mm -hmm. in the original. Um, I think that probably has something to do with the involvement of the Jim Henson studio. I 100% agree. Right, I mean, that that um, hmm, that uh, styling for the Grand High Witch when she takes off her mask. In the new one, it almost doesn't seem like they're wearing masks because you can no. see the, mm -hmm. the, the sort of elongated corners of their mouths are covered up with makeup, but you can mm -hmm. still see it through. So it's not like a rubber mask that is on top of their real face. Like, that is right. what their face looks like. Mm -hmm. They've just covered up you know, that with makeup and they just don't open their mouths all the way. Well, and maybe, and maybe it's just me too, because CGI just is, it's so not realistic looking. And I'm not saying that the Jim Henson, like it, like, um, makeup looks real necessarily, but because it actually is makeup instead yes. of it being digitally animated, mm -hmm. it looks like it's actually a thing. And that makes it look more real. There is, there is and always will be something magical about practical effects. Absolutely. Like, not saying that, that CGI is bad or that it's not appropriate in certain mm -hmm. instances, but it's just you will never be able to get quite the same effect from CGI as you do from practical effects. 100%. Like, 100%. I mean, that's even seen in, I don't know if we need to, I know I like to go off on tangents, but that's even seen with the remake, the third version of the thing in comparison to the John Carpenter version. Oh, absolutely. Like, and and I know that I am in a small little island where I actually really loved the remake, the latest remake of The Thing, mm -hmm. but I am still bitter about the fact that they actually filmed the new movie with practical effects and, and then decided, to, just threw them out. Well, I mean, by that same... Um, you could also talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Right? It, like it's... where where Lucas took out the practical effects and, and put in digital things and mm -hmm. it just it's just not the same and, and people Episode three to episode one is or episode sorry, episode four to episode one is just <laughs> No, no, I'm talking about the originals. So yeah. I'm talking about the original trilogy where like the practical effects were there because it was made in the seventies and the eighties. And then when he like released them for home video or re-released oh, them, right. when they, they actually it. scrubbed out the original yeah. practical effects and added CGI in mm -hmm. um, because he thought it would make it better. And then everyone kind of turned on him because 
It doesn't. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it better. It's not automatically better. But I still appreciated the new movie. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I did aspect. actually like the new movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I There were a lot of things that I liked ab- about it that were maybe lacking in the... I, I thought that the, the characters, the non-witch characters, were a little bit stronger in the new movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, I feel like the... the the character overall de- plot. Yes. Yeah. Like, the, the plot and character development of the new movie was... It made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And it made it... Like, it it let it... Or it allowed you to relate to it better. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the death of the child's parents in the original is just sort of like brushed off. Yeah. Uh, Right. Oh, yeah. It's just just like like... they just don't come home one night. And Mm -hmm. then like the grandmother and the grandson are sitting on the couch crying for like half a scene. And then they're just fine. Mm -hmm. In the new one, the interaction between octavia spencer's character and the little boy seems much more genuine and Mm -hmm. it's it's was when i was watching it it was heart-wrenching to me to watch this woman who had just lost her daughter Mm -hmm. her only child then trying to reach this boy Mm -hmm. right like it it drives home a little bit more um, the reality of what that situation would be, mm-hmm. right? Imagine that you have not only just lost your only child, but then you are left responsible for another child who is deeply traumatized because mm-hmm. also in the new one, he was in the car. Yes. And like the other one, they just didn't come home and he was safe mm-hmm. at home. But in this one, he was in the car and he saw them. Yeah. And he was like, so that that like beginning scene where he was in the car hanging upside down, screaming for his mother and his father was really, really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That was a rough scene. That was and 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 that little boy is a great actor. Yes. For sure. And he, it wasn't like in some movies, you know, like in this one, even like he just like his parents died and they cried a little bit. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like no. with this one, like she had to pull him back out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she did everything that she could. She tried mm-hmm. dancing with him. She tried feeding him. He wouldn't eat anything. She mm-hmm. made him fried chicken, which looked fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That fried chicken looks so good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's so much breading. <laughs> oh, it looks so good. <laughs> um. And then that, uh, the cornbread, cornbread cake thing. Oh, yeah. that cornbread looked good too. You looked you saw that come. It was right from a cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looked good. I got hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I will say that I love, love, love about the new one is Octavia Spencer. I actually completely agree. I feel like she played a an, an incredible grandmother. Um, I mean, she's an incredible actress. She is. Well, and you want to support movies like this because you want to support reimaginings that mm-hmm. expand the diversity of the cast, right? Yeah, because there Be- was no one that was African-American. Literally not a single person of color. No. In the first movie. Not yeah, not a single person I of color. I cannot think of one. No. Not even in the background. Nope, it was real white. Yep. Yeah, like quite. the entire the entire 
uh, gathering of witches was white. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyone not being white. Right. And, like, that's every witch in England? Really? Yeah. Every, every single, single one. one is white? Sometimes a second version of these movies, particularly based on Raoul Dahl books, are made, and they do not do anything to update or diversify the cast. Looking at you, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was gonna say. (laughs) Real white! There was no improvement there. Mm -mm. Which was really sad, because I love Tim Burton films. Yeah, but they're a little white. They're a lot of white. They're, They're a lot of white. There's not there's not a ton of diversity in those films. Yeah, no, there's not. At all. No, there's really not. Mm-mm. Tim Burton. Get it together. Get yo shit together. Another thing, and we can probably figure out if it was actually part of the book or not. Um, but another major thing that they changed in the new movie compared to the original one is mm-hmm. that, and I feel like they almost like insinuated like it was a chance that it would happen in the original one. Mm-hmm. But in the new movie, the pet mouse is actually a little girl. Yes. And that was not a thing in the original movie. No. They were just pet mice. But you know what that does? It adds another female character. Yes, it did. I think that was, I think that's why they did that. Mm-hmm. It's because it actually adds another, at least another female protagonist. Yes. But I, <laughs> I really did appreciate that character. I did find it a little strange in a way that the character was voiced by Kristen Chenoweth. I'm like, it, I'm, I'm on board. I love Kristen Chenoweth and she does have a very youthful voice. But I made that, I made that comment too when we were watching it. I'm like, is this supposed to be a child? Because right. she does not sound like a child at no, all. No, no. Yes. She does not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. what's happening here right like is she supposed to be a kid does the grandmother know it was pretty big coincidence that the grandmother just happened to buy a mouse that used to be a child i I mean because the grandmother did not know about the mouse thing despite being a witch hunter Mm -hmm. it may have been like a she just gravitated towards that mouse just because oh that could be i like that Mm -hmm. i like that she already experienced yeah Yeah. she already experienced the uh the witches and knows Mm -hmm. about it right and she just like has that just that energy pulled her Mm mm-hmm Oh, before we get too far, too, I wanted to also mention that I really, I actually did really appreciate the fact that there was a narrator in the new movie, mm-hmm. 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 which wasn't a thing again in the first one. Yeah, a little bit. They they sort of it, it sort of broke in and out with like the the grandmother kind of being the narrator at the beginning, but then mm-hmm. she sort of it kind of falls away. Right, like after. After the main action of the movie starts, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of falls away. She's sort of like, well, I wasn't going to take Luke back to America right away, so I took him to England. And then that's like the last time that she's addressing yep. the audience directly, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, and I like that it was the, the boy that was telling the story, since right. it was essentially his story. It is his story. Um, yes. And of course, again, I like the fact that it was Chris Rock. Rock. <laughs> Chris fucking Rock. Chris Rock. Like, and I knew that it was going to be him, and that, but then I like pl- started playing the movie, and he started talking. And I'm like, yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> um, 
but I love that they they also tied in American history to it. Right, American history and and specific concerns to like if you're gonna they said it in America in 1968, right? The fact that they were the only black family at this hotel, right? And when and, when she is taking him to this hotel, the only other African Americans in the hotel are staff. Yep. Right, and she is staying in a suite. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the dynamic of that. It wasn't as... I, I'm i glad that they addressed it. It wasn't as direct as, it, as I guess, in, in a way for me at least it could have been, but I understand that it is a children's book or a children's movie. But like... Right. How, but that wasn't the... That wasn't the subject of the movie. Right, exactly. So it was just... But it was this like little subplot, just this mm-hmm. little like background radiation of... Um, for example, when she suggests they go to that hotel, she says specifically that they'll be safe there because it's full of rich white people. Yes. And that the witches only prey on the uh, downtrodden, the poor, (laughs) the children that no one is going to notice go missing. Right. Right. Um, And then, of course, you know, all the, every witch in Mm -hmm. the country shows up. Well, and there was a little blip, too, of uh, Stanley Tucci's version of Mr. Stringer. Stringer. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, like slightly questioning her. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you knew that it was because she's black, because she's black. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to skip forward a little bit, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we want to skip all the way to the end, but we can. Doesn't matter. I mean, we like to skip around. Um, but I love, oh God, I loved it. When she, uh, just handing out $100 handing out bills, hundred dollar bills to, all the, <laughs> to all the hotel staff. Yep. I'm like, just fucking get it. Get it. I mean, it's your money now. Do with it what, as you will. Mm-hmm. That she stole and from the Nazi. <laughs> Steal that Nazi gold. Steal um, that Nazi gold. I will, I will say that because I do want to address that. Because I think that yesterday when we were talking about it, I said that I wanted to find out if she's German in the book. Yes. Now that I know that she's German in the book, I can say with certainty that the witches are supposed to be Nazis. Yep. Right. Um, Mind you, any sort of, whether they are German or not, in pretty much every piece of literature since 1945, really before that, like since 1933, Mm -hmm. uh, if there is a relatively monolithic, vaguely cult-like group of villains they're probably an analogy for the nazis yeah. <laughs> right so um but of course the fact that the uh head honcho witch has Is a german, german accent <laughs> yeah <laughs> drives drives that home a little bit yeah can we really quickly talk about angelica houston's portrayal of the grand high witch because <laughs> i mean okay angelica houston is one of my favorite people in the world absolutely 100 percent uh like want to be her when i grow up however mm-hmm. i don't know if nicholas roig told her to play the grand high witch as hitler in drag <laughs> or if that was an artistic choice that she decided to lean into but that is what i was thinking the entire time i was watching it's just like hitler and drag hitler and drag like <laughs> just the over the top like oh my god it was hilarious just silence <laughs> I mean, she did it well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. 
<laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Listen. Um, I'm on board with this. She really did. I... Oh God, I love her character. I know that... I just love her character. <laughs> no, I mean, I love it. I love but it. But she it's absolutely just, did play it, Hitler in drag. That's what, like, I, I know that's what was going through her head. Yep. Like, I know it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's anyone, any actress, um, especially big in the 90s, that's able to do over the top, it's going to be Angelica it's Houston. It's going to be Angelica Houston. I mean, <sighs> just like she is in, like, Morticia Adams. Morticia Adams. The witches. Mm. What else? There were more. I, I know she was more. just sort of like the, the dark queen of the 1990s. Okay. I mean, obviously, she also was, you know, in in very many, many very fine, subtle, well acted, nuanced roles as well. She's oh, absolutely, an incredible actress. But she could also just you could tell she had fun with these roles for sure, where she just got to be a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I really think that. Her being in the witches launched her into being, into being hired for the character of, Morti of Morticia Adams. That could be for sure mm -hmm. because it is very sort of. But also, I'm not sure. I don't know who else at the time they would have cast as Morticia Adams. There's, I don't think that there would have been another actress that right. is uh, that's alive at the time that would have right portrayed. I don't. I, I mean, I obviously I don't know this. Like, I haven't, I haven't looked this up, but. You just got to think that they were like, let's redo the Adams, Adams family and we need Angelica Houston. Of course. Well, speaking of like other people playing other characters, do you know who almost was cast for the Grand High Witch? In the original? Uh-huh. I do not. Our gays are going to love this. Oh, yeah. And be a little sad about it, but also going to love it. Cher. Yeah! <laughs> Why didn't that happen? <laughs> Cher was almost cast as the Grand High Witch. Wait, wasn't Cher in Witches of Eastwick? She was. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's, and, and maybe that was why it didn't happen is because it was a little too close. I mean, I don't see why that would have been a thing. No, I mean. We'll just not even, no, that wasn't a thing. But, um, but yeah, she was almost cast as the oh, witch. That would have been amazing. The Grand High Witch. But would Cher have been able to even close to do a German accent? I, I, No. I mean, I don't think so. Maybe. Um, I feel like she's never been made to do accents in any role she's ever had. No, I don't think which so. Which would lead me, me to believe that maybe that would be a bad idea. Right. Well, and I will also add a few other potential, like there were other, some other actresses that were in consideration for the role. Oh, please. This is my favorite thing. Frances Conroy. Sure. Um, Linda Blair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sigoni Weaver. I could see it. I could see that one. Mm -hmm. She could definitely, she mm -hmm. could definitely like pull out some of her like Dana Azul energy and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I feel like the next one, I feel like I could probably see the most out of this list. Um, Susan Sarandon. Yes. Who was I, also in the Witches of Eastwick, right. correct? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so basically they just were like, should we just recast the Witches of Eastwick into this movie, or we're just gonna bounce them over. <laughs> just like, just no, boop. you've already been witches. Just be witches. Right. Again. It's fine. Um, also, Jodie Foster. I don't see that one. I don't see that one as much. I don't see that one. No, like, I don't. And also, like Jodie Foster needed 
to be free so she could make Silence of the Lambs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, please have Jodie Foster make Silence of the Lambs instead of the witches. Yes. Um, I 100% agree. Right. Um, and last but not least, Liza Minnelli, who I could also see oh, as a Grand High Witch. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It would have been my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, I would have absolutely been on board for that too. <laughs> talk about, oh my God, talk about over the top. It would have been mm-hmm. so amazing. And again, so basically there's not a single person on that list where they weren't going for the gays at that point. No, right? they were like, 100% like, let's get this shit gay mm-hmm. as fuck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there were, there were potentially going to be a different witch. There was potentially going to be a different witch, Grand High Witch. And uh, I mean, I am... I'm well, glad it was Angelica Houston. Yes. I, I could definitely see a few of the others. I would say, I could actually see Sigoni Weaver. So I would say Sigoni Weaver, Lin, uh, Susan Saranda, and... Liza Minnelli. Yes. Liza Minnelli would have been would have been great. Yeah. I would have loved Liza Minnelli as the Grand High Witch. It would have been a slightly different take on the character. Like, she would have been... It would have turned into a musical, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> some reason liza stop kicking why are you doing kicks <laughs> stop it um so one of my favorite things and i noticed it when i was re-watching the original film is yes that um at least half of the actors in the original film uh were men were played they by were. men they were men in drag men in drag um which i i can understand to a degree um I guess it's easier to put on a wig than it is to put on a bald cap. It'll look a little bit more realistic, at least. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the I, feel I like think it's the stretching. feeling was just to make them seem like ugly and masculine, and that's probably really what it was. Because, I mean, they had the Jim Henson studio. Like yeah. they didn't, unless they just put all of their budget into the makeup for Angelica Houston. Like why? Which wouldn't surprise me. Which wouldn't surprise me <laughs> at all. Like I, I just, I was, we were sitting there when we were watching it. Like, so why would they cast men instead of putting makeup on women? Yeah. Like or prosthetics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they did with Angelica Houston. Like right. they made her look like a monster and. Mm-hmm. I guess it does make sense, though, that it was just, it did make them look like ugly women. It did. It did. Kind of. But really, they just look like men. <laughs> yeah. Like, it really did. I mean, but thinking about it as a as a perspective from a child watching that. A child, and in 1990. In 1990. That's would not true. have necessarily realized the fact that they were men. Right. Um, and I love that they also did that with the new movie. Did they? They did it with the new movie. 100%. Like an as homage? Uh-huh. As an homage? As an homage to the original. They did it. I, I was I have specifically... have to watch that scene again because you, I, didn't, I didn't notice. I was specifically looking for it when I watched the new one. I was like, will there be men? Not that I actually care, but I just like the... I like the fact that they would... No, it's a, a little... it's a fun little Easter egg. Yes. To, like, the original where, like... Because obviously it it's a it's sort of a strange sort of fun fact about the original that mm-hmm. they were casting men as the witches, mm-hmm. despite the fact that the witches were all supposed to be female. Right. Like exactly. it's not just that there were male witches; it's that these were specifically men who were supposed to be women. Yes. Um, and then that they they then stuck a few in into the new one as well. That mm-hmm. was fun. I like it. Yeah, they they uh, yeah they did it for both. So one fun thing that I noticed while I was watching the original The Witches from 1990, I didn't hear it in the new one, um, but there is a quotation 
of the Diaz Ire uh, Gregorian chant in The Witches, which is hilarious. So <laughs> if you don't know what this is, it is a Gregorian chant, I believe. I should know if I'm going to bring it up when the chant was. I'm going to say the 14th century. Nope, I'm going to say the 12th century. Apparently it's from the 13th century. So I was kind of right both times. You, right. you literally sandwiched that I just shit. sandwiched the actual thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, Dies Irae means day of wrath in Latin. And it was a Gregorian chant. It, I mean, it was a, a sort of Latin sequence long before it was a chant. But the Gregorian chant is one of the most quoted musical sequences of all time. Mm-hmm. And it is used very often in horror movies. This will come up again and again in uh, subsequent episodes. When we talk about The Shining, we will talk about the fact that the main theme to The Shining is basically this song. Um, but it was really funny to hear it in the middle of this like silly movie about a little boy that gets turned into a mouse, right? Like <laughs> the movies, like the horror movies that you generally talk about when you're talking about the song are like The Exorcist. The Shining, right? Like, really super, like, intense, scary right. horror classics. And then, like, it was in The Witches. And I was just like, wait, pause it. <laughs> Rewind. We're rewinding it. <laughs> I just heard the DSI Ray. So well, it's just a little fun. Well, and I mean, in a way, it, it makes sense to be in this, in the fact that, like, for a children's movie, this is a very creepy movie. I, I mean, that's true. Terrifying. Well, it might be, it it can be intense for some kids. I'm sure that that head witch gave some people some nightmares. Yes, I'm sure of it. Like she was. I mean, I rewatching this movie, especially like yeah, she is As an adult, right? Yeah, like isn't I'm that like, funny? You're like fuck. I think we talked about this in our first episode where you're just like, why the fuck did they let us watch this? Yes, yeah. Why did they why let us watch like, this? Why was this for children? Well, and. And I know I mentioned it to you a little bit too, like Mm -hmm. on top of the fact that this movie is already creepy, Nicholas Rogue's son helped him tone this movie down. That's true. Like, wouldn't you (laughs) love to see that fucking director's cut? Right. I would, I would kill to see that. (laughs) Like, but yeah, he actually, we can cut that actually. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But yeah, he, his son, uh, Nicholas Rogue was was viewing the film at home and his young son like saw some of the movie mm-hmm. and it ended up scaring the living shit out of him. So he was like, oh, I want this movie to be family friendly. Let's maybe cut some of this out. Let's making my son maybe cry. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, like, like we use my child as a litmus test for how <laughs> scary this movie should be. <laughs> the psychological damage on the, from this film is... I'm sure still there from that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. At least to some degree, some small degree. Or maybe that kid just loves horror movies now just because of that. I mean, I mean, it's kind of what happened to me. That's true. Like getting scared didn't. Getting scared didn't stop me from watching them. Right. Exactly. The other way around. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so should we talk about the difference between the two different endings? Because I feel like that is definitely the biggest 
that is where things really differ. Oh, yes. Obviously, we have to talk about the ending. Yeah. Right. Because, of course, like... With, People were pissed. With the original? Or with the new one? With the new one. Because, okay, so people were pissed because people whose only exposure to the story was the original film Mm -hmm. were very angry that the boys stayed mice. And then there were people giving the counter argument of that's how the book ends. That's literally how the book ends. Right. So it's actually a more faithful adaptation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I mean, it's not that... It's I mean, not that unusual for them to tone down the, you know. I mean, we talked about this. And Raw Doll books are pretty intense in terms of, like, the, the situations mm-hmm. that these children are put into, right? So, like, right. the idea that um, they would stay mice. I mean, they survive. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's actually in the context of his other works, mm-hmm. right? One of the themes that run through all of his work no matter how small you are you can still win mm-hmm. if you are on the side of righteousness right i think the best loved example of this of course is matilda oh definitely right? but in in this in this they literally turn them into mice. They could not mm-hmm. get them much smaller unless they turn them into cockroaches instead, right? Right. And they still triumph. Right. Because they are on the side of righteousness, right? So, you know, that's a, that's a thing that he did a lot. So the idea that they would stay mice, because there is also this direct sort of reference to it in the newer film, um, at the end when the grandmother says it doesn't matter how you've changed on the outside because inside you're still the same right right that like you are who you are mm-hmm. no matter what so you know i think it uh i think it makes more sense also i feel like in the original him turning back into a boy was such an afterthought <laughs> I, it really seemed like it. When I was watching, I was like, I was like, wait, I had like forgotten that woman existed. Oh yeah, you know what assistant. I mean? Like the mm-hmm. the right the assistant that like decides to go good. I was mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is that? And and okay, here's my main problem with that. Mm-hmm. If the witches, like obviously this 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 woman is a witch, right? So one would assume that there were at least some other witches in the cohort, mm-hmm. right, who would have similar power to her. Especially, you know, Angelic Houston. Right. Right. If they had the power to reverse the spell with their bare hands, why did none of them do so? (laughs) (laughs) You mean like against themselves? Yes. Yeah, it did really kind of. It didn't make much. No, it it created a loose end. It created a loose end. And, you know, they're just like, hey, don't forget about Bruno. Right. Well, and that character was just written into the movie. It wasn't, she wasn't a part of the She wasn't book a part of the book at all. Right, because there is no one in the book that turns them back. Right. They stay mice. Mm-hmm. Which is why in the new movie, I know that like, because, you know, like in the, in the original film, the assistant ends up being like this disgruntled, like angry Right, like intent, she... like the the intent is to get revenge on 
the Grand High Witch. Right. Where in the new movie, which I, again, I didn't end up finishing reading the original book, so... Um, Me neither. I didn't get... But in the new film, it was the cat that ended up getting revenge on the Grand High Witch, but it was in a more direct fashion. Right. Being the fact that it ate her. It ate her. Yes. Um... But I I do appreciate the new ending more. There is one aspect of the new ending that I I didn't like. Okay. Um. So I, so I will reiterate. I did like the fact that they stayed mice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. What got a little I got a little weird for me is the very end of the film, where it is Chris Rock as. An old man mouse. As the old man mouse. Kind of going in the opposite direction of the Grand High Witch, but like literally leading children to kill all these witches. Yes. It was a little children specifically. It was children specifically that were that were going to kill these witches. Right. And I'm like, this seems a little like you're almost doing the same thing indirectly. Oh no! I think you're doing the same thing directly. Like <laughs> I think you're doing exactly the and, same thing. And and I get that, like you know, the whole point is to kill these witches that are coming for you, and you you know you have the upper hand at this point. But like, right? But I get what you're saying because the innocence of the child who is turned into the mouse mm-hmm. has already been compromised. Right. Right. By the witches. Mm-hmm. And the grandmother mm-hmm. had been a witch hunter already, right? So she was like a professional. Right. So the idea that they were going after the witches is one thing. But you're right. It's relatively horrifying that they were actively recruiting children to go. It was very militant. Right. Yeah, they were. They were yeah. like chanting and cheering. And yes. It wasn't an the fact interesting that. Interesting thing. Right. Like, and it, it wasn't the fact that I'm like, witch hunters, cool. I understand it. But not children. But not children and not children exclusively. Yeah. Like that was my slight problem with it. It it was like it was military. It was militarized. Militarized children. Thank you. Militarized children, which is never a thing. Don't do that. Don't Don't do it. Don't taint those minds. Those innocent little sweet baby vines. Right. But no, I absolutely agree. I hadn't, I didn't think of that Mm -hmm. when I was watching the movie. But now that you say it, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Right. It's like, I thought the whole, uh, and I don't know, maybe this is lifted directly from the book too. And if I, if I, you know, get to the end of it before we release this, then we can cut this out. But um, the whole conversation about them dying together was a little weird. Like, oh, about like all like no we're like you know he was like oh how long do mice live oh yes and yeah like, oh you'll be an old grandma and i'll be an old mouse and we'll die together and it's like i feel like that would be a horrifying thought for that grandmother right right was that like yes her grandson survived but has survived in this like after after again we've already talked about this like she lost her only child right now her only grandchild is like has a severely shortened lifespan mm-hmm. because he was turned into a mouse. Like, why even address it? Right? Like, right. why not? Like, why wouldn't a magical mouse human be hybrid thing be fucking immortal? 
Like, you know what I mean? You already like, don't make sense. <laughs> you, right? I mean, you're already playing with the fabric of reality. Why, why like, oh, yeah. It's just so arbitrary. Like, I would think that you would last three times as long. How the fuck do you know? Bruce <laughs> <laughs> out here making guesses. <laughs> Are you trying to comfort the boy? Like, so you're telling him that he has a good, like, 18 years or whatever the fuck it was left in him? Like, right. what? 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 Cool. It was, life weird, cut it was short. a weird, com- it was a weird conversation. I mean, you would think that he would be upset. And he's just like, all right, cool. I mean, that was a remarkably chill child. Yeah. Like, he's like, I kind of like being a mouse. Like, yeah. It would be fine. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, buddy. Game on. I mean, like a lesson to us all about accepting your lot in life. But Jesus Christ. No one seemed particularly perturbed. <laughs> no, they're just like, yeah, you're a mouse now. Game on. In either of the movies, really. No. Like, no, at no point, like, once the grandmother realized what was happening, she was like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course this is what's happening. Like, really? Even knowing that magic exists, even knowing that witches existed, right? Like, your grandson just got turned into a mouse. You're not going to have any kind of more reaction than that? Nope, that's it. Well, if you accept it, then I'll accept it. Right. Like... <laughs> parenting where'd you go <laughs> i mean she did take a seven-year-old winch hunting so obviously mm-hmm. her parenting skills are suspect to begin with. this is very true um lies are not being had <laughs> so i have some exciting news we have an official website now Yay! Uh, it is fnfrightspodcast.com. You will find links to our episodes and also a link to our Teespring store where we have some merch that we're starting to roll out, which is very exciting. Um, also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts because apparently that's how things actually happen. Like I'm here for get, it. Like numbers yeah. Yeah. or how you get up the charts or whatever is that people doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you would, if you could do that for us, we'd be ever appreciative. Follow us on Instagram. We are at like 53 followers. So we are over halfway. Katie's getting her tattoo. <laughs> so keep, keep that going. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Friday Night Frights. Uh, and... Uh, Twitter at FN Frights Pod. All the places. Follow us on all the things. Or you could just email us directly uh, using the email address scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. Yeah. Scream us, at us. Yeah, scream at us. Give us feedback. If we need to correct something, then feel free. Always, please. I hate being wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, can I actually throw out uh slight correction sure um this is from the very first episode okay um so it's something that i realized afterwards and i also denied um someone's existence uh so i would like to correct that sure um so when i was talking about the studio that created rugrats i know what you're gonna say yeah huh um i was like yeah it's one of the last nope, names it's both of them it's sure <laughs> Fuck both of them. I did not, like, I knew that. Yeah. But when you said that, I was like, yeah, huh, sure. It's one of them. (laughs) Yeah. So it sure as shit is Arlene Klasky and Gabor Supo. Okay. Um, 
I am probably pronouncing Gabor's last name wrong, uh, and I apologize for that, but I feel like Supo is C-S-U-P-O with a little whoop above the O. <laughs> you can't hear him. That's fine. You know, a little whoop. A little whoop. And a whoop. Supo. Sup- it's Supo. Yeah. Sure. It's Hungarian. So mm-hmm. yeah, fun fact. Oh, yeah. Gabora. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, it was just a, a a self correction that I realized that I had. Yep. I'm sure there's more. I'm I'm good. Oh, at fact. I'm sure there's millions more. I'm sure that I've said crazy ass shit too. I think. Um. Um. But yeah, that was a big one that I was like, right. let me not deny right. Arlene Klasky as a human being. Right. Because you know she's awesome. You're awesome, yes. Arlene Klasky. You yeah. make great shows. Yeah. Thank you for all of the incredible work you've done throughout the years. Um, both you and, of course, Gabor Supo. Right. Yay. So, if you have any other corrections, by all means, scream at us at scream at fnfrightspodcast.net. Yes. Or .com. <laughs> Did you just say .net? <laughs> Great, Sean. Now we have to buy that fucking domain. No, no, no. No, no. Scream at fnfrightspodcast.com. There you go. Thank you. So we are still working on Fright Club. Uh, we are going to uh, have an exclusive t-shirt design for everyone who joins. Um, so look out for that. We, are, we will let you know when that um, actually like launches and you can join. And the first rule of Fright Club, Sean, is... The first rule of Fright Club is... Always run away from the noise. Run away from the noise. Do not go investigate alone. Especially if you're already in the middle of a horrific situation. That's the one that gets me. Oh, every fucking time. Every time. And so, gays and ghouls, tune in next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. And until then, sleep tight. <laughs>